This is Essential. 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 This is Essential Audio. Welcome to the Money Pot. I'm Sanjeev Kalida, editor in chief at Money 2020, and I'm here with Rachel Morrissey, our executive producer. How are you, Rach? Hey, Sanj. I am doing really well. Thanks. Now, I gotta say, I am really excited about this week's episode. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Dare I ask why? Well, that's because I have someone to introduce to you. Oh wow, that is exciting! I gotta say, since the start of the pandemic, I I haven't really been introduced to too many people who I've never met before. Well, people might be the wrong word to use in this context, Sanj. But why do I get the feeling that we're about to jump into some very strange territory here? If not people, then who? Well, for context, I wanted to talk to you today about ethics in AI. Oh, yeah, a very hot topic right now. Uh huh. But rather than just tell you about it, I wanted to play a little game. You're not making this sound any less strange. <laughs> so, Sanj, I would like to introduce you to my autonomous podcasting robotic intelligent life form. Or April, for short. Well, say hi, Sanj. Oh, um, sorry. Um, hello, April. Hello, Sanjeev. It's a pleasure to meet you. Oh wow, it's real. Well, yeah, of course it's real, Sanj. I mean, what do you think? I just get our producer Roland to type into a text-to-speech functionality and play it back through the Zoom call. I mean, no, this is high-tech stuff. I, I would never accuse you of such a thing. Can I test it out? Uh, give it some quick-fire questions. Sure, knock yourself out. Okay. Hey, April. Hey, Sanj. What's up? What's the furthest anyone has hit a home run in baseball? Babe Ruth hit one for five hundred and seventy-five feet in nineteen twenty-one. How long is the Great Wall of China in centimeters? Two point one one nine six billion centimeters. Who's the best host of the Money Pot podcast? Rachel, of course. Hmm. Well, you programmed her, so she would say that. She's completely impartial. <laughs> okay, well, this is a lot of fun, but I gotta ask, what are we doing with such a clearly high-tech piece of artificial intelligence? Shouldn't you be handing this over to the U.S. military or something? Um, have you ever seen the short circuit movies? We can never let our robot friend get in the hands of the military. Yeah, those movies are a little problematic by today's standards. Yeah, you're right, but. The reason why I brought April in today is because you're going to teach her ethics. Oh wow, that's quite a burden. Well, yeah, I mean it's a problem that is currently being worked on by governments, independent organizations, and large corporations around the world. And you're expecting me to solve the problem on my own over the course of a twenty-minute podcast? Well, not alone, of course. We're going to have the help of an expert in the field. I got some advice from Ismeni Sikula. From the OneSpan Innovation Center. Essentially, what we do at、uh, OneSpan is we look at financial institutions and other、uh, organizations, and we enable them to securely transact with their customers, business partners, and employees through automating agreements, detecting fraud, or securing transactions. What Ismeni in particular does at OneSpan is investigate how new technologies, especially around AI, can be incorporated into products in ways that are ethical, privacy-preserving, and technically robust. Wow, that really sounds like a very you know, 21st-century job. 
yeah, it's pretty cool. But, but I gotta say, I, I don't even know where I would start with setting ethics for AI. Please help me, Sanjeev. Don't give up on me yet. <laughs> oh my gosh, really tugging at my heartstrings. Don't worry, April. I'm not going anywhere. We still have 15 minutes of podcasting left. Thank you, Pop Pop. Uh, that, that's getting a little weird now. You programmed it to call me Pop Pop? No, Sanj, it's artificial intelligence. It learned through machine learning and it chose you. Okay. Anyway, where does Ismini suggest that we begin laying down an ethical foundation? Well, she has five principles and they all start with how it's built. So AIs are built on data, right? In a similar way to how life is built on DNA. And the healthier the DNA, the better chance that life has at succeeding. In that same way, the data that you put in is key to building a healthy and ethical AI. I mean, for example, if you want an AI who is great at examining loan applications, you can get into some really tricky situations where the AI is unintentionally discriminating against certain groups of people, even if the data you are inputting has no mention of race or gender or sexuality or anything like that. There are other ways to to find out this type of information. For example, if you look where someone lives, you can maybe find out their race or ethnicity. If you look at their past transactions, you might be able to figure out uh, their gender from their shopping history. So uh, while those protected characteristics are removed, there might still be some invasion of privacy uh, that with the black box issue, we are not able to easily identify. So... The question is, I mean, how can you ensure that the data you're inputting is being processed and evaluated in the right way? Transparency? Exactly. Transparency. You must understand what processes are going on within your AI to get a certain result. If, for example, you're using AI to recruit for a role and you're only being recommended applications from 40-year-old white men, you know that something is going wrong. You need to be able to know how and why your AI has been coming out with that solution. Otherwise, if those decisions are being made within a blind box, there's no way of fixing them when they're coming out with bad results. You have to just throw out that AI and start over. That sounds bad. Please don't throw me out with the trash. (laughs) Don't worry, April. You're for life, not just this podcast. Well, we'll see. Thanks, Pops. Please don't call me that. Got it. So, anyway... That's point one. AI must not be a blind box. It must be an open book. You know, this feels almost biblical, like some kind of robot Moses coming down from Mount Sinai with Ten Commandments. But instead of stone tablets, it's a couple of USB drives. (laughs) Well, let's roll with that. I mean, thine AI is not a blind box, but an open book. Explainable and understandable. How's that sound, April? Tom, I like it. I promise to be open and transparent. All right, that's one down. What's next? Well, next we have to think about what we do with those transparent processes. In the example of the recruitment process I gave before, once you're able to discover why something is giving a biased result, you can't just sit back and say, well, my job here is done. You have to be able to adjust, redirect, and correct the AI. And I guess initially back in the early days of AI, a lot of people were actually dreaming of the opposite. You know, you put in an input and then the AI takes that data and without you having any idea of how or why, it gives you an answer. It takes it completely out of the hands of the human. But we're now saying that that's not ideal. It's far from the ideal. 
What is being proposed instead is that there's the ability to have a human intervention throughout the entire process. Because as we said earlier, the AI is only as good as the pre-existing processes and data. And even with good data, AI can draw logical fallacies and end up with conclusions based on misinterpretations and strange coincidences. Oh, Ismidi gave a great example of that. Let's imagine the scenario that I'm going in and I'm applying for a loan and I get denied. It can be something totally illogical. For example, you applied on a Wednesday and everyone that applies on a Wednesday gets denied simply because coincidentally everyone that has applied on a Wednesday before has been denied. But the AI has no reasoning. What it learns is that everyone that applies on a specific day gets denied. And this is where a very simple form of bias can come in. It's a totally iterative process. You need from the way that you start thinking what you want to achieve with your AI system to how you develop it, what type of features, what type of data you put in to afterwards when you actually put it in place, have some measures where people can contest the decision, can ask for explanations, can ask for human intervention. So you cannot only put it at one place and say, you know, now we're done. You need to do this over and over again throughout the whole process. So you have to build in human checks and balances throughout the entire process to detect and correct the logic of the AI. So that rule is less for April and more for us humans to follow. Honor thine AI's parents, who should include both human and machine. Yeah, and that point actually leads us to our next rule. Because a lot of these are actually based on what the humans do rather than AIs. And this next one, very much so. Whatever decision is made, whatever outcome, the AI logic isn't the responsibility of the AI. It's the responsibility of whoever designed that AI. I like this one. Well, that makes sense. There's that classical debate around that self-driving car, right? If your car is in self-driving mode and you get in a situation where a decision has to be made by the car... In this example, let's say a group of children run into a road, and in another lane, there's an old person. If the car can't stop, what does it do? And who is responsible for the decision it makes? And the answer is the creator of the AI, or the manufacturer of the car. Right, because we're not going to be revoking driver's licenses from a self-driving car, or putting them in some sort of weird cyber prison. So there is no jail for robots? I mean, no, not right now. If your creator made you with logical flaws, which end up harming or negatively affecting someone, then they are responsible. Providers of AI need to be held accountable. They need to show us their process, their data, and take um, the fall for any misbehaviors of the AI. And like we said, these are data quality, keeping documentation, being able to trace any changes that had happened over the iterations, transparency, and human oversight and robustness of the solution. Thine creator is not a god. They are accountable for the AI's actions. There is no robot god. Did we just get into some weird robot Nietzsche territory? (laughs) Oh my goodness. I'm worried this episode is going to be long enough. Can we not teach April Nietzsche, please? Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. I've never taught a new sentient being about life, the universe, and everything before. It's pretty easy to go off track. Well, let's stick to these robot commandments for now. What's next? Well, they say cleanliness is next to godliness. And Ismini makes the point that keeping data clean is vital. And this refers a little bit to what we were talking about earlier to do with keeping checks on the processes. 
It is also vital that you are reviewing the data that you are using. Absolutely. And it's not always clear that any data is dirty going into the process, but things become clearer after being used by the AI, and that requires regular review and validation. Thou shalt keep thyself clean like thine data. Data governance, it comes up again and again. We need to select appropriate training data and features for the purposes that we have to make sure we leave out any discrimination. I was speaking to a banker friend of mine the other day about this kind of thing, and they were making the point that AIs aren't really going to be this miracle that means that we'll all be able to quit our jobs or go on vacation in Aruba for the rest of our lives. Oh, not at all. It will improve things, make things faster, and our capacity to process large amounts of data much easier. But we will still need to be there, holding the hands of our AI friends to make sure that they aren't picking up bad habits with dirty data. I have hands. (laughs) Well, metaphorical hands. What's metaphorical? April, we don't have time. I'm sorry, I'm still young. I've been alive for approximately 14 minutes. That's okay, but let's focus, because the next one is important. Thou shalt not bear false witness by pretending not to be an AI. Ooh, I I like that one. This is the kind of stuff that sci-fi movies are made of. Yeah, well, it's the subject of many sci-fi stories because it's probably pretty easy to see this being possible. We already have chatbots that when they work well, it's almost impossible to tell them apart from a real human being. So why is it important to know that? Well, think about it. If you knew you were talking with an AI you would interact very differently with it than if you thought it was a human. You can have interaction with AI systems where you don't even know you're interacting with an AI system. So why would you even think to contest the decision of an AI system? You'd be much less likely to question whether a piece of information given to you was incorrect if you knew it was a human. Whereas with an AI, you'd be more conscious of picking up on an incorrect result, which could be due to some dirty data. That sounds pretty smart. Plus, it's really going to help If the AI ever turns on us in an all-out, global, human-versus-robot war, so that we know who's on our side and who's on theirs. I mean, let's just hope it never comes to that. I think we have bigger problems on our hands if it came to that. Yeah, that's a good point. So, what's next? Well, this is a topic I know is right in your wheelhouse. We need to talk about protecting people's data. Ah, now this is something I know about. Data hacking is a game of leapfrog with the hackers making gains and the data defenders trying to stay ahead. Any data and algorithms you're going to be accessing with your AI need to be completely protected. AI is meant to empower human beings and to allow them to make informed decisions. At the same time, we need human oversight in case things go wrong. We need AI to be technically robust uh, and uh, be resilient against attacks or in case there are any mistakes or misbehaviors to have a fallback uh, plan. Thou shalt protect other people's data as your own. I love it. I solemnly swear to defend it with my life. Well, we're not asking you to sacrifice yourself. Just be good at defending from attackers. Plus, I don't think you're technically alive, so I don't know how you would do that anyway. Ouch, that hurts. I'm sorry, April. I need to be more tactful to our sentient AIs. Okay, so have we got one more rule for our robot commandments? Yes. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's data. Basically, respect privacy. The last thing we want is to send AI out to get as much data as possible without us being able to check on it. 
I mean, I guess if we were doing the robot seven sins, this one would be gluttony. You're mixing your metaphors. I thought you didn't know what a metaphor was. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Plus, I don't want to know what lust would be for uh, robot seven sins. So let's get back to the point. This is the basics of good data use. You have to know what is going into your algorithms. And so just scraping vast swaths of data is potentially hugely dangerous to the accuracy of your outcomes. So it's about giving the AI a level of self-control. So that's that. It's our seven robot commandments from our very own robot Moses. Number one, thine AI is not a blind box, but an open book. Number two, honor thine AI's parents, who should include both human and machine. Number three, thine creator is not a god, they are accountable for the AI's actions. Number four is cleanliness. Thou shalt keep thyself clean like thine data. Fifth is thou shalt not bear false witness by pretending not to be an AI. Sixth is thou shalt protect other people's data as your own. And lastly, number seven, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's data. How does that sound, April? I now understand all ethics. Thank you, Pop Pop. <laughs> wow. That was easy. Turns out all those characters from the sci-fi movies just needed to make a podcast episode with an AI co-host explaining morality. I don't know if that would be quite so thrilling. But if it stops us from entering a war with the robots, then I'm sold. Speaking of which, isn't it pretty important that we spread the word about this? I mean, it doesn't make much sense if only a small portion of AIs around the world are created with this set of rules. So besides... Um uh, building regulations at the human level, we need to also look at it from a global perspective and have a lot of countries come together and build regulations on that. And if you will allow me, we have a very recent development where UNESCO brought together 193 countries and they said that they were looking to develop regulation around ethical use of AI, which is something we've never seen before and it's really optimistic for the future. I appreciate she's an optimist, but this feels like a nice aspiration. Yeah, we got to try to make it that way. I mean, otherwise, April won't have good friends. Yeah, Pops, I need good friends. Okay, April, but I've got to be honest. All of this AI talk, I, I kind of feel like I need to step out in nature and, you know, see some trees. What are trees? Oh, gosh, we really don't have time for this. We have to end the show. But if the show ends, what happens to me? Um, Rachel? I mean, April only exists within the confines of this episode. Oh no. But April, I mean, if the audience keeps listening to this episode, then you'll always be alive, in their headphones and in their hearts. Listeners, you must listen to and share this with as many people as possible. Please keep me alive. Yes, listeners. Like and subscribe to keep April alive. Well, that's it for this episode of The Money Pot. We want to thank Ismini Saikula from OneSpan Innovation Center for taking me on a sci-fi journey happening right now. I also want to thank our robot god producer, Roland Bodenham, who makes this sound like it was natural language. We want to remind you that your tickets are on sale for both Money 2020 Europe and Money 2020 US. The podcast booth will be back so you can be part of the Money Pot. Please send us pitches at podcast at money2020.com. And if you want April to live on, 
Don't forget to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. This is Essential. 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 This is Essential Audio.